Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. Welcome back to another episode of Cameron Reads Comics. Today, I want to be talking, I want to be talking, I'm going to be talking about Daredevil Season 2 and my review of it. So, I knew going into this season that it was my favorite of the three. So, I always knew that it was going to be excellent, and if I'm honest, this show did not disappoint. One of the most important things I think I could say is that season... Season two is like, finally, I think what I want this show, what I wanted the show to be all along. Uh, as much as I love the man without fear costume, which is just, you know, the bandana over the eyes. I, I want like daredevil to be daredevil. You know, I want him in the suit and they finally gave us this like full bodied, uh, Matt Murdock daredevil. And that's even how they open up the season, which is what I wanted, you know? It's actually super important to say that this season is based on also my favorite run of Daredevil of all time. Season one is based on Man Without Fear. Season two is actually based on the Frank Miller Electra run in the 1980s. And then season three is pretty much based off of uh, Daredevil Born Again. This one is based on like my absolute favorite run though. My favorite comic series of all time. And so I'm definitely gonna be more prone to that than anything else. I'll always tell people to pick up Frank Miller's Daredevil run with the first appearance of Elektra, which is issue 168. Because in a lot of the collected editions, I have like the Daredevil Omnibus. Uh, in a lot of the collected editions, what they do is they'll give you uh, Frank Miller's run, but they'll start they'll start the run with like, I think Roger McKenzie is writing it and Frank Miller's on the art. And like, yeah... He, you know, he's technically on Daredevil and part of the storytelling team, but he's not telling the stories he wanted to tell. And I always say that the, the run always picks up at 168, which is the first appearance of Electra, And that's when Frank Miller's like narrative really gets going, um, which I believe leads into my favorite issue. Man, they're all so good. But I think my favorite, my top three issues are probably, I don't know my three, but Daredevil 181 is my favorite of all time. So that should give you some context. Death of Elektra. Uh, number two is Daredevil 169, which I found to be like the most impressive. It's Bullseye. It's pretty much the issue after Elektra's first appearance. It, Bullseye goes crazy and it's amazing. So I love that issue. Now for the story in this season of Daredevil, uh, I, I let's talk about the characters. First character I want to talk about, obviously Matt Murdock, Daredevil himself. Um, I like that it talks about how it's the the cost of being Daredevil is weighing on Matt's life. Uh, but the point that I love is that Matt, in this season, Matt is full-fledged, like, choosing to be Daredevil, which is awesome because as much as I love the reluctant hero story, we saw a lot of that in season one. Uh, and then you'll see a lot of that in season three. But Daredevil season two, Matt is choosing this lifestyle for himself, but at the cost of putting everything else, his career, his friendships, his relationships on the back burner. You know, he doesn't think he's making a difference in the law. He doesn't think he's making a difference in anything else except by being Daredevil, which is like, you know, we see those choices affected, affect him later. Um, next, we have Foggy and Karen. Foggy becomes the better lawyer in this season. He takes the reins of the Murdoch and Nelson, uh, or Nelson and Murdoch attorneys at law moniker. He, he takes full transparency and he, I think he becomes the better lawyer of the two, which I think in any good daredevil story is the case. I don't think Matt, I think Matt Murdoch wins uh, cases because he's Matt Murdoch and he's blind. Uh, 
I think Foggy wins them because he's a really great lawyer. And we see that in this season because, you know, Matt, Matt's not being present. He's, he's busy with Electra fighting the hand. Uh, Foggy is the one defending John Bernthal's Punisher, which we'll talk about in one of my favorite moments of all time. I'm so glad that we, we, we saw this part in Foggy. And I think that, you know, you see the weight, they play into the weight of the implications on Foggy because Matt chooses to be Daredevil. He has to pick up Matt Slack in uh, Nelson and Murdoch, and he, you know, he really amazingly defends and chooses to take on Frank Castle, uh, which is so interesting. You know, him defending the Punisher, that whole sequence was, uh, like, w- my favorite part of the whole season, if I'm being honest. We also see Karen make a character transition in a way that we, I don't think we've seen her do in the comics. I haven't read enough Karen Page comics, you know, I think, uh, for her to, to affect my view of the story. So if I'm being totally honest, a lot of my, my idea of Karen Page is informed by the show because in the comics, Karen dies. And, uh, I don't, I don't really think that's going to happen in the series. Uh, I don't know if they'll go that far with it, but Karen dies in the comics and, you know, she, all, all I see her as, you know, is like what happens in Daredevil Yellow or like they look at hindsight, like where, where is Karen now? Or like something like Daredevil Born Again, which is like, what? Like we see Karen this season go in a direction that I never thought we'd see her go, which is, uh, you know, she becomes, she takes up the mantle of Ben Yurick. She kind of works for the paper that he worked for, which is really neat. And we also see that she's not helpless in this season, which is awesome. So I love, we also see a little bit of romance between her and Matt and Matt is in a bit of a love triangle, which is nice to see because he is a womanizer and not to say that Karen is just another object of his desire because obviously she's been proven to be so much more than that. But, um, it's, it's to show that like, there's a, there's a spirit of, you know, there's, there's romance between her and Matt, which is good to see, but he's also being pulled in other directions. You know, a lot of femme fatales in his life. I actually want to give a big shout out to Karen in this season because Vincent D'Onofrio has always talked about how Deborah Ann Wool, who plays uh, Karen, he she has reinvented that character, and I really think that we kind of see that in this series. I think the 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 depth that she has given, also her and the writing team, the depth that she has given Karen has been amazing to see, and I do think I I noticed that in this season more than ever. Uh, she's not helpless, you know, she's just, she's not a damsel in distress. She is, she's an equal threat, as is Foggy, as is Matt. Matt's the biggest threat, obviously. Next, we have Frank Castle, the Punisher, um, and, you know, played by John Bernthal. Uh, obviously, the standout of this season, uh, to the point where he got his own series after this, you know, two seasons of his own series, the Punisher, um, of all characters in the Netflix universe to be carried over to the MCU. I think we will see John Bernthal's Punisher. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I think that his performance kind of speaks for itself. Uh, attaching words to what he did with this character, uh, he was really incredible. And I uh, credit where credit's due for uh, his por- portrayal of um, the Punisher. He, I think the climax, I think the season actually goes downhill after he you know, after they kind of fade out on his arc and they kind of leave it to Matt in the hand. I think it was the strongest when, I don't know how they were able to make 
Punisher's arc work on top of Matt's. There's the culmination of the courthouse scene and everything going on in Matt's life, and then the Punisher being on the stand, and that whole sequence was just amazing. And seeing John Bernthal's Punisher play against Vince D'Onofrio's Kingpin, literally just exceptional. Um, there's not much more I can say about it other than like it was like chef's kiss good. Again, obviously the standout. But I do want to talk about someone who I think is the most underrated in this season. And if we were to see them return, I want to see more than anyone else, I think is Elodie Young's Electra. I thought she was just mesmerizing. And I'm so glad like, she, so she's a French actress and to see her return was just amazing. Like not her return, but to see her portrayal of this character that is so uh, mesmerizing. She's such, uh, that's who I picture Electra as like everything she did with that character was, I just thought pitch perfect. Um, I think some of the writing didn't do her as, as much justice, but Elodie Young picked up the slack, uh, watching her history with Matt Murdock and then watching her be able to, you know, catch him off guard was amazing. And I think that she, everyone gets a lot of credit for this season, but I think that she should, she should get equal nods. I think, I think her portrayal of Electra was as good as Vince D'Onofrio's Kingpin and John Bernthal's Punisher and Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock. And I stand by that. Two other characters we kind of saw briefly, but we saw their narratives intertwine a little bit more were Vince D'Onofrio's Kingpin and Stick. It was cool to see how uh, this part of these parts of Matt's past have now come back in to affect his present through Stick, through Elektra. And I didn't realize in the first season, but this was really the season to introduce the Hand, uh, which are, you know, the ninja cult that uh, become a you know, main antagonist, you know, it's pretty much Kingpin and the hand are the main antagonists of Matt Murdock's life. Yeah. There's Lila Nelsley. Yeah. There's Stiltman. Yeah. There's Gladiator, but really, I guess there's Typhoid Mary too, but we see her later down the road in Iron Fist, but you know, you don't see much. Uh, so it was good to finally see full force and, and the return of Nobu. I, I gotta say the the first three episodes of this season were so freaking good. And like, those were the ones that really got me, you know, got me, got me, got to me it was it was the rooftop it's not a monologue it's a dialogue the rooftop scene where daredevil's tied up uh, with frank castle as the punisher uh them debating their philosophies exactly what we needed it was the most perfect thing in the world and you can see how entirely different but also how completely similar uh matt murdoch's daredevil and frank castle's punisher are uh Man, that was that was an awesome scene. And like, this is the thing. I think I've seen this season. This is my third time watching it. I've seen it, you know, three times through already. Or it's my third time. And it's still just like, it's not, this show is either as good as you remember or if not better. And that is just so great to see. The culmination that everything happened in this season was brilliant. Uh, and the season ends with the death of Elektra. Now, this is actually what I would say is a con of the season because my personal philosophy is that I, I think they're trying to set Nobu. They tried to set Nobu up to be this major threat to Matt and like, yeah, he is. And yeah, Nobu's scary. And like, we saw the, the gnarliest bloody fight that they ever had, but I never thought Nobu was as menacing as, uh, Benjamin Poindexter's bullseye. And so that being the case, I think Ben Poindexter is, I think, 
Bullseye is like my favorite comic book villain of all time because I just think he there's there's an element. I think Joker is like cool, but I think he has like the psyche, the mental stability of the Joker. But like then having the assassination ability that he has on top of all of it is just terrifying. I just think he's terrifying. Anything in his hands is a weapon. Nobu is not Daredevil's greatest villain. I think maybe they're trying to set that up in the season, but like I, I feel like if anything, maybe da- Electra should have died at Fisk's hands, and so that that that's a con for me. Uh, I'm glad it kind of ended with the with the death of Electra, and you know, the next thing technically, I guess that would be in order would be something closer to the Defenders, which I'm I haven't I'm not watching yet. I don't have any interest in watching. Um, that being the case, I wish we could have seen a little bit more of that. But anyways, anyways, my other con is is you know, and it's to the to the credit of the show, they tried to cram a lot into this season. You know, that's a this arc in in the comics happened at least over through okay, so Daredevil one sixty eight through one eighty one. What's that? Thirteen issues, and they tried not every they didn't recreate every single issue of the series, obviously, and so. And for pacing and a lot of other factors, they weren't able to do it. And that's okay, but I just think they they tried to cram a lot into the 13 episodes, which almost made some of the beats hit less hard than they could have, you know? Like I said about the Frank Castle arc. And now we are going to the rating. It shouldn't surprise you. Uh, upon hindsight, again, I think this is the Daredevil season that I wanted the show to be all along. And I don't think that my, upon the hindsight too, I think as I was watching it, I was like, Oh, like the end didn't hit as hard as it could have. But upon hindsight, man, uh, I'm, I'm, my rating on my notes is now changing in my head after having talked about it. I think I give this series a 9.5 out of 10. It's what I wanted it to be. And I absolutely adore it. Again, I think I'll say that this season is better than any, uh, Disney plus show that I've seen so far. I want to be pleasantly surprised. Tell me your favorite moment from Daredevil Season 2 in the comments. Uh, make sure to clobber those like and subscribe buttons. I'm Cameron. I don't just read comics. I love them. Maybe go check out my podcast, too. Um, see you next time.